Okay, cool. We are live on LinkedIn. Today I'm joined by Gen Furukawa, who is the co-founder of Prehook, who make interactive quizzes for Shopify stores. Gen, welcome. Why don't you give us a background, how you got started, what's your story in e-commerce to date? Yeah, for sure. Uh, thanks, Adam, for having me. Um, so I started, actually, I just started, I realized I started in e-commerce about 10 years ago. Exactly 10 years ago, uh, I was interning for Bucket Feet, which is an early DTC brand uh, custom footwear. So I actually recorded a podcast with the co-founder of Bucket Feet, who I interned for. Uh, but since then, that was kind of like a very different DTC e-commerce playbook or marketing game than it is today. Um, and since then, I've had time in kind of like the investor role uh, at a private equity firm that invested in various e-commerce brands, uh, skateboard brand, uh, skincare brand, um, other car parts brands. Um, so that was a little bit of like the investor and brand side. And then it moved over to the SaaS tool side. Uh, so it's leading the marketing team at Jungle Scout, which is a leading Amazon product research tool helps people find products to sell on Amazon and yep. scale their business on Amazon. Um, so I was doing that for about three and a half, a little less than four years, um, which was a fantastic experience. Uh, Amazon has grown and become an integral channel, obviously, for many e-commerce brands. And since then, actually, I've started a, a SaaS tool for Shopify merchants with a couple of uh, my friends from Jungle Scout, and it's Prehook. And it's a quiz builder for Shopify merchants. The goal is to help merchants learn a little bit more about what their customers are looking for, get this information that's integral to uh, the segmentation on the back end, and then what offers, campaigns, messages they're sending to their uh, customers and from their recommended products. So in some sense, trying to replicate this in-person shopping experience for online stores. Amazing. And how come you decided to go into because it's becoming quite a competitive space already. You've got people like Octane AI. I know there's a few others as well. Yeah. Where do you see an opportunity here? Totally. Yeah. So actually, when we started building it, it was maybe May 2020. And there there weren't actually the tools like uh, Octane AI or Jebit, some of these larger companies that have uh, since released a quiz builder. Um, so yeah, the, the, that wasn't part of the landscape when we started, uh, but I think it just validates the need that uh, merchants are trying to understand more about what their customers are looking for, have this back and forth or conversational element, and then guide them to the most relevant product as soon as possible. And also, yeah. mind you, I mean, this was before, you know, this iOS 14 or, you know, third party cookies being deprecated. So it's harder and harder for brands to understand what their customers' demographics are or their interests, buying behaviors. So targeting some of these traditional channels of acquisition, like advertising, are yeah. becoming more expensive or harder to harder to leverage in terms of reaching the right people with the right message. So uh, this notion of getting customer data, like people call it zero-party data, data that your shoppers are willingly and proactively sharing with you, is becoming more and more important in a marketing strategy. Absolutely, completely agree. Got a couple of listeners here. Hi, Gan, not Adam. I'm pretty sure that's uh, Juliana. Not sure why. Hey, she... Juliana, how are you doing? <laughs> I say hello. She's always on LinkedIn. I love it. <laughs> the lifetime value lady. Robert as well. Cool. Let's um, dive straight into some questions and related to the quizzes. Yeah. So oops, I'm jumping ahead of myself there. So what are the fundamentals of a strong quiz that adds to the customer experience, like you mentioned before? Yeah, good question. I think it's it's really just about 
like adding value and providing the right incentive or hook for a shopper to take the quiz. Uh, like, I think we've all experienced this with say display ads or um, email opt-ins that it's, you know, what Andrew Chen calls the law of shitty click-throughs. Uh, there's a novelty at first and then it'll just plummet this, like the novelty yep. wears off. And then if there is no incentive or value in exchange for providing an email or clicking on an, an ad, there's a far lower chance of going through and, and doing so. And I think the same exact thing applies to a quiz. Uh, there is no, there's no hesitation to drop in an email if you're getting something of value in return. So um, I recently was doing a lot of research on Heidi Zach, who's a co-founder and CEO of Third Love. And she has the same premise that in order to receive the data of your customers, you really have to offer value upfront. And for, for them, for example, it's really important because the data has become a, an engine for the product development and the marketing and how they're positioning the third love brand. So they have this fit finder quiz. And if I'm a customer, the, the challenge of finding the right fit, especially online is super important. If you're say selling fragrance online, understanding what, what the nuance of the different fragrances are, it's very hard to understand if you're behind a screen and you can't smell the, the product or, or feel it. And that's where the value comes. So to get back to your question, like what, how do you add value or, or how do you make it a good customer experience? I think if you're adding value to the experience, then, then that's the most important thing. Um, and it doesn't necessarily need to be uh, what the recommendation is or what the right fit is. I think you can, like a quiz by nature is about education and engagement, which is two of the core components of just creating a, a generally like good user experience. So you yeah. can use the quiz to like kind of educate the customer on on the problem that they're having or on the brand itself, the solution that you're offering. And that's value. And so I, I think if you keep that in mind, like somehow adding value to the whole experience, you'll get better engagement and more people actually starting and finishing the quiz. Yeah, we're going to touch on that in a second. Um... And, and talk about specific use cases. But the third love one is very interesting. Like you said, I remember reading about the how they leverage the quizzes in um, I think it's Billion Dollar Brand Story. I don't know if you've read that book. No. Yeah, but like you said, basically I I seen how it's been fundamental to their overall business and, and growing it to date. So yeah, su super interesting. So with that being said, is there any specific brands or industries the quizzes may be tailor-made for and any ones that you don't think they might apply as well yeah so i think you'll if, like if you go to a lot of skincare brands say or mm. food and beverage brands uh fit finders whether it is like a, a lingerie or clothing like those are very uh commonly used and I think the challenge there that that the brands are using like cosmetics is it's hard. There are so many different uh, variations to pair with their inventory. So if you think about like a foundation finder to find the right skin tone, like that's something that traditionally you would go in person, you know, to a Sephora, yeah. you you dab it on your skin and say like, all right, this is the exact tone um, that I need. And so that's hard to do just by looking at a screen and understanding uh, what the right product is. So uh, what what types of industries? I think a quiz is applicable to lots of, of brands, whether it is skincare, food and beverage, clothing, whatever. Um, but if you think about 
like what the interaction might be if it was an in-person retail associate speaking with a customer like the quiz is essentially a stand-in for that but at scale yeah. so um yeah, yeah I, I don't think that there's quizzes that are a quiz like wouldn't make sense for different brands but it's just how you're actually using it because you know what product for example would sell itself without any interaction with a human not many i think like as customers, we always have questions or we always might want some guidance from the brand that we're purchasing from. Absolutely. That's quite interesting because in that sense, the quiz can replicate the in-person in experience in retail as well and take it online. Totally. Totally. Like if you think about going to a store, the person, if it's a good sales associate, they might ask, what problems are you currently experiencing? Like, what's your starting point? What's your goal? Yeah. So what's your end point? And then from there, they're able to make some quick calculations of their own inventory, their own products, and how that product could be the bridge to get you, the customer, from where you're at to where you want to go uh, and kind of like fulfill this aspirational end. So, yeah. yeah, thinking about a quiz in terms of what the retail experience is, the in-person conversation, I think is a helpful way of how you could use a quiz. Let me ask you, actually, because you're collecting so much data, do you think that puts a lot of pressure on the brands to really deliver a great experience because they're, they're willingly providing you with a lot of insights quite personal about themselves? So do you think there's a lot of pressure on the brand to create a great experience from that? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, what would the, what would the failure of creating the, the experience, a poor experience, look like? Maybe the person doesn't buy or they unsubscribe. Uh, so maybe, but you know, there's, there's an interesting study and I forget who did it. It might've been Accenture, but it's basically about this customer experience gap that we as consumers, and I definitely feel this too, do not want to be spoken to as a number or receive generic yeah. email blasts. We want uh, very targeted, relevant messages. And the flip side is we're actually willing to share the data. I think it's maybe like 80% are willing to share, uh, personal data in order to receive a better experience. But the challenge here, the rub where there's an opportunity for marketers is that marketers are actually having a very big uh, problem delivering on that experience. So that's what's called yeah. the customer experience gap that we want personalization and we're willing to give whatever you need as a marketer to get that, but we're just not receiving it. Um, so yeah, th there is definitely some pressure perhaps, um, but I think it's more of an opportunity that you can ask whatever you want, and many people would be willing to to share it with the expectation that you're going to act on it and provide a relevant experience. That's a very good point, and I think possibly we've all been guilty of falling into the trap of because we've just offered ten percent off for an email address, people have became very lazy and focused on that initial conversion when actually, if you enrich the profiles and find more data out about the customer then the lifetime value and potential to retarget that person and serve them better is going to be a lot higher than just focusing on like primarily on that initial conversion. Yeah. Yeah. And if you think like, all right, there's, we all value 10% that that's important, but then specifically like what else can, can color that email in the, you know, in, in your backend CRM. Uh, and just a few simple questions of, you know, like, what is it that you're looking for? Or if it's, you know, for example, like a jewelry brand, what type of jewelry are you looking for? Or maybe what your price point is or what your current view is on uh, 
colors. You know, there there are a variety of things that you could ask in a very quick way, just say one minute, get a lot of details that would help inform a, a relevant marketing experience thereafter. Um, and so therefore, I think you're able to stretch that 10% discount into a lot more in terms of an impactful marketing campaign. 100% agree with you. Let, let's go on to segmentation then, because if you're collecting all that data up front, is there any use cases on how that can then filter through to the CRM, like you've just touched on, and provide a better experience for the customer? How would you approach this? Yeah, so I think that there are, there are so many ways. I mean, you could segment literally in you know like an infinite number of ways. Uh, the first maybe that makes the most sense might be on this stage of their customer journey. Um, so that might be, you know, like, are they just learning about the problem? And, and so some quizzes, I think Helix or Trade Coffee, for example, they might, or th there's a dog food brand, um, Farmer's Dog. It's like, do you believe that organic food is necessary for your dog? Or are you skeptical? Or do you not have an opinion? And so that's kind of like their way, their proxy of saying like, where are you in the funnel? Do you need to understand yeah. the whole problem at, at a high level? Or are you convinced of that? And we can get down to the nitty gritty of our product versus a competitor's product. So that's that's kind of like the, the stage in the customer journey, starting from the problem itself, all the way yeah. down to the bottom of the funnel, you know, like our product versus another product. Uh, another is like, what challenge are you experiencing? And, and you might see this a lot with skincare brands. So yeah. first it might be like what your starting point is. Are you say dry, normal, oily skin? And then what are the problems that you're having? Is it uh, acne, uh, rosacea, or, you know, dark yeah. spots, whatever. And then, so sharing like very specific problems and then the solutions thereafter, and then the recommended product that would help with the problems. Um, so I think like, yeah, the problems and then maybe the end goals is also another helpful way to segment um, based on, you know, bone broth, for example, like yeah. what their end goal is, is it gut health or is it uh, energy or is it focus? And so that might help inform what their automation might look like. Definitely. And just to get a bit deeper into that, you can possibly have so many different permutations on welcome flows and even obviously product recommendations being the, the main one. But I'm just thinking if someone gives you that data, then they could each have a unique welcome flow. Like you said, to take the skincare example, someone who has blemishes compared to someone who has dry skin, each person can be funneled into a different path that's a lot more targeted to them and then segment them naturally in the account so that you can speak to them a lot better. And really ironic, actually, that you you talk about uh, the farmer's dog and uh, skincare. We worked with a couple of brands recently, exactly the same examples. Um, oh, yeah. and I was amazed how much data that have came from the quizzes and just looking at all the opportunities that you have to segment them and provides better experience. It's just it's so much more effective compared to you know standard email address where. Ultimately, you're just guessing a lot when it comes through to you, unless you progressively profile them after. But as we know, that's not as effective. Yeah. Yeah. The farmer's dog, I don't know how they do it because, you know, even for example, you're just talking about the number of breeds that they have. They're, they they have a drop down. It must be like yeah. 50 different breeds. And you're talking yeah. like what the health of the dog is, is, you know, in terms of like weight or age or problems that they're having. I mean, it, it's really it's really impressive um 
almost to the point where, for example, another uh, brand, Skinsay, which is a Unilever subsidiary, uh, yeah. Skinsay.com, and they have a, a really great quiz. It's a holistic quiz. It asks about maybe like seven different types of factors that are impacting your skin, whether it's, you know, the locations, which, which has to do with the sunlight and the amount of UV or your, your hydration habits or your stress, your exercise, all these things that combine to create, I think they call it like a bioprint. And from there, so there, there are, you know, over a million different results, but they have maybe, you know, like a handful of products. And from the bioprint, they're creating this different uh, array of skincare regimens, um, which is, you know, it's not like they're creating the skincare product itself for you based on your quiz, but they're creating the different routine based on your quiz results. So in that sense, it's a, it is a personalized skincare product, even though the, the the product itself, you know, it's maybe they have 20 different products, but it's a, yeah, the, yeah the, the combination and permutations of the skincare regimen that's personalized. I think that's really interesting. Yeah, like you said, there's so much data flowing through. I suppose it could be quite overwhelming. So maybe to identify the, the co core cohorts that you can target and tailor an experience to would be important. Yeah, I mean, like, what did you do with the skincare brand? Or I'm sorry, the dog brand? Yeah, we. so essentially there was a couple of things. Um, we identified that anxiety and hip mobility were a, a big problem for a lot of the dogs. So then we created separate flows if they didn't purchase for those people based on the recommendations. Um, th there was there was so much data. We, we sort of identified them as two of like the, the top quick wins. Um, but yeah, it was the granularity that you could have got down to all to the point of breed. Um, type of issue that the dog is specifically having like it's incredible realistically you could have 500 different flows that are triggered by that but obviously there's a time yeah, yeah. of iron bolts as well yeah the diminishing returns on getting is super granular um, but yeah my pet fin I, I don't know if you know that one but that's a very similar it's a, it's a cbd brand for dogs uh, and they have a nice quiz very similar to what you're yeah. describing let me add, this brings us nicely on to the next one, actually, because I love quizzes and I don't personally think this, but I have heard a couple of people recently mention that we might be a quiz fatigue. Do you think that's a worry for e-commerce brands? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think it's like, it, it, again, it's, uh, it adds, it goes back to like the value that you're adding. Um, I mean, are we experiencing content fatigue or Zoom fatigue or Twitter fatigue? Like, yeah, but if there's if there's enough value, um, and so it reminds me of a, a quote that I read, like, it's not a matter of attention span because you can easily spend two hours in front of Netflix watching. And so, yeah. like, but you're being entertained or you're being educated and you're you're down for that. You're happy to do it. But if it's like two hours of droning on of something that's just not interesting, like, no, you're not going to spend the time doing it. So it's about how engaging, how valuable, how interesting it is. And I think also, yeah, there is something to the point that attention spans are shorter. So you really want to pack in a lot of value. I think, you know, I, I sometimes see questions like, you know, if you were a season, what type of season would you be? Or, you know, what what's your spirit animal? These things are like so fluffy and they don't really add value or it's like, it's hard to, to like, maybe you go to Buzzfeed for an entertaining quiz like that. But if you're a brand, you're trying to get as much value out of every question. Um, so I think probably 
holding back on stuff like that. Um, and then just getting more, almost more clinical, of course, being on brand, but you want to make sure that every question will impact what you're doing in terms of yeah, yeah. your follow-up flows or, or the, the segmentations, your remarketing campaigns, that kind of stuff. No throwaway questions. So make sure if you include it, you're going to do something productive with it and it serves a purpose. Totally. And as you might imagine, like I saw something recently, Typeform, and Typeform probably has the largest aggregation of data on this. And there's, yeah. as you might imagine, a diminishing curve for every question that you ask. And I forget exactly what it is. I'll have to find it for you. Um, but yeah, for every question, you're like, all right, is a trade off of less completions worth yeah. adding this extra question. Uh, but I did see, you know, Typeform as a whole, and this was a few years ago, they have a completion rate of like 57% or something. And, and it's about the same desktop and mobile. Uh, so, you know, I, I've heard a little bit higher in terms of quiz completion rate. Um, but when you're getting towards some of the, the meat and the potatoes, the most important part of like the email opt-in or the recommendation, like that's where you're seeing the uptick in engagement. So you might see more emails if somebody goes through a flow as opposed to if they see a pop-up. You know, a pop-up might yep. be like five, ten percent, you know, generously. Um, a quiz would be far higher if they're in a quiz and a, that quiz is engaging and there's something of value or interest on the other end of that email opt-in. Yeah, that's super interesting, actually. Out of curiosity, and we'll talk about benchmarks on quizzes in a second, do you have any recommendations for open-ended questions compared to multi-choice? Yeah, you know, like, to be frank, I, I don't. I think structured data, data that you can manipulate, understand, analyze is far easier. Um, but I think maybe, you know, from a customer research perspective, open-ended questions are good. It just takes time to, to gather yeah. it. And then I think it also depends on like what your end goal is. Like for example, I was speaking with a, a jewelry merchant, jewelry entrepreneur, and so she does uh, video calls. Uh, her name is Farouk Lalani and she, her brand is Daria Day. And it's awesome. And she's getting so much value out of these calls. They're not necessarily as scalable because she's a founder and it's her, it's her brand. And so to jump on a 15 minute call is very costly in terms of time, but the output that she gets from it is is invaluable um, yeah and the same can be said in some sense of reading text it's not you, you can't kind of like manipulate it to understand what the trends are but you can read it pull out insights and so you know like for example getting back to heidi zach and third love like that's how they actually like identify this gap in the market in terms of half cup sizes and mm -hmm. up until that point that was not a thing but customers kept on asking for it they identified that there was a gap and there was an opportunity, they started making it. And now they have over 80 SKUs and differentiating based on offering the most comfortable product, the best fit. So, uh, you know, maybe, maybe use it. Um, again, I, I think getting back to the completion, um, maybe you want to capture the, uh, the email first and then ask that. Of course, it's, you know, it's something that you'd want to test. Um, but I don't know, sometimes it's hard to, from the quiz taker or the consumer perspective to like, type out something. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it, it's, it is worthwhile, I think, to go through those answers to the quizzes and the surveys because there's so much valuable insights in there. And ultimately, if you just focused on what serves you the best in the, the quickest time, then you can miss those key insights. And I like that because it feeds back and can help with product development, the analytics, the research, and it's not solely focused on conversion. 
you're actually helping like every stage of the brands and the funnel in that. Yeah. And also like one, maybe like halfway point might be doing something, you know, like it might be a multiple choice of like for the dog example, like what problems are you having anxiety, hip pain, other, and then you just have like an open text. And so that way, like maybe you haven't included every single potential problem and, and customers kind over time might help you notice that there's another option that you didn't include yeah. in your multiple choice. Definitely cool stuff. So just to go a little bit deeper on the benchmarks, is there any recommendations? And I know this is heavily individualistic based on the brands, what you're trying to find out, but have you noticed any benchmarks in terms of fall off, like you mentioned before? Uh, I have not. And so to be frank, you know, we're, we're early, we have a live product and we have customers using it, but I don't think we have enough data on hand in order to get verifiable benchmarks. Um, but from my own experience, probably I don't want to spend more than a couple minutes on yeah. doing a quiz. So, you know, that, that's just one data point, take it for what it's worth. But like, I spend a lot of time taking the quizzes just for fun. Um, and if I find that I'm like getting questions that are kind of like, not not i don't find value and i don't see how it would be valuable in my own experience with a brand down the line i might i might just close out it's very easy to close out and and not continue yeah absolutely completely agree with you so let's let's talk a bit about some of the brands that you've worked with so far again like what type of results are you noticing and who have you worked with if you don't mind saying yeah sure um so some of the brands you know like we're, we're a few weeks into having a live app. Um, and so one brand, for example, is self maker, uh, S L F M K R. Uh, and she's actually an interesting use case because it's, it's a, um, it's a retail outlet in like the Cleveland area, but then she's moving more online. So all of a sudden, you know, like, as you might imagine in a pandemic, in person, like foot traffic drops. So there's more yeah. of a shift towards an e-commerce focus. And she also has a large uh, array in terms of like skincare or, or hair care or um, kind of like general health and wellness. Um, so the quiz has, has been important to help her like capture leads and then uh, kind of get people to the right product. Uh, and in terms of uh, output and kind of like lift, yeah, we, we haven't seen uh, enough yet in order to say like, Hey, this is where, you know, this is exactly what you should do because we have thousands of people and thousands of data points. Um, but maybe I can, I can use other examples because I've, you know, done a lot of research on where there are opportunities and where people are doing good things or interesting things with it. Um, so yeah, uh, we're, we're, we're still early in terms of, uh, customers and data to have like huge success stories. Um, but, some of the metrics that we're looking at are uh, email leads. Are we getting more emails if they take a quiz versus if they take, like if they just see a static pop-up yeah. and then on-site conversion rate, uh, do they, do they uh, click on a product and then purchase? So, you know, in Google analytics, for example, segment those that have taken the quiz and those have not uh, do those that take the quiz uh, convert at a better rate. Do they have a higher average order value? Uh, do they have a higher lifetime value because you know what they're looking for and therefore you can kind of like have post-purchase follow-ups uh, specific to their needs. Um, so these are the, the types of things we're looking for. And to be frank, I think we're too early to to like, you know, come on your show and say like, yeah, we're, we're doing it. Um, but I, I, I think that we're heading in that direction for sure. 
Cool. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I can't wait to see some more of the data, like you said, because for me, it makes more sense to put the effort into understanding the customer and getting to know more about them as opposed to solely being focused on the conversion because it's just a plethora of information and opportunity that you can leverage that data for further down the line. So I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, can I ask you, like, what, what, you know, you mentioned the dog brand, but some other examples that you've had of uh, seeing a before and after with a quiz? So it's still relatively new to us. We've only worked with two brands as well on the quiz. Um, from from our perspective, I mean, there's so much different flows and opportunities that I'm seeing inside the accounts to actually reduce the dependency on campaigns because you don't have to retarget someone as much with campaigns, I find, if you set up automation based on the data that you already have. So as an example, let's say a dog comes through with health and longevity needs, you can set up a flow 60 days afterwards if they make an order and haven't repurchased to then go in with sort of a tailored offering to them. You don't have to necessarily keep creating that those manual campaigns to retarget people. So I think just taking a look at the quick wins with the data that you can uh, put some automation in place and then retarget people into the future will alleviate a lot of pressure on the brand um, because you're not having to just guess as much with campaigns and just do that batch and blast approach. So that's like how we're trying to look at it. And then obviously mm. when you do come to send campaigns with people, because like you said, you might know someone's um, skincare preferences, whether it's blemishes, acne, um, dry skin, you can send less campaigns to people because you're not guessing on which product they're like, and you just provide a lot more purposeful content that's relevant to them. So I think it will allow you to send less messages, but more concise ones that the customer actually appreciates, at least that's what we're seeing. Yeah, that's a great point. And it kind of gets towards also the subscription business uh, yep. where I've seen like quizzes are really helpful. Like for example, like Scentbird or Scentbird is monthly fragrance or Stitch Fix, which is monthly clothes or Wink, which is wine. So there are these recurring products and, and part of it is like every product needs to be uh, on point and helpful. Otherwise, you know, you're going to see churn rates. So there's a direct correlation of retention to, I guess, you're understanding your customer's preferences. Uh, and so each of those brands use a quiz and I think that they're using it very effectively and almost as a competitive advantage um, to, to make sure that they're getting the right product to the right customers. Yep, and likewise, the dog subscription brand, uh, sorry, the personalized dog nutrition brand is a subscription brand as well. And that's yeah, exactly right. how they're using it. So yeah, great stuff. Again, it's been a pleasure. Is there anything else you want to add on quizzes whilst we're here? Uh, no, I mean, like I said, we we are building the product. We're able to capture emails, integrate with Clavio, and recommend a product. So it's a really great. Uh, I'm I'm really excited about where we're going and the the pace with which we're developing it. So if you're interested at all in testing it out, I'd be happy to build out a quiz for you, and you can just basically install it in your on your store to test for free. Um, we have a free forever plan. So just hit me up. My email is gen, G-E-N, at prehook.com. Would love to help you out. Perfect. And on that note, we will end it there. Thanks very much for your time. Really, Adam, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Yes.